0: In Jesus' name, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thine sight. Oh Lord, it is my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Your sermon notes are available right now. You can open up your app and follow along with me if you choose to. In the book of Matthew, our text on today, I want you to really pay close attention to this today, to this word. It's a powerful word because the enemy comes to do several things. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy your mind to believe that God is a forgiving God. Many of us wake up every morning under the pressure of feeling as if our mistakes have caused us to live in a bubble where we're not able to do what god has called us to do denial will do that to you matthew chapter 16 verse 18 it's the theme scripture of our church it says i also say to you that you are peter and upon this rock i will build my church and the gates of hades will not overpower it i say to you that you are peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. listen at it again Jesus is talking directly to Peter I also say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it from denial to purpose When we look at this lesson on today, Peter is in a moment in his life where at the table, he tells Jesus, I'm going to be with you. I'll never leave you. I'm going to be by your side. Jesus replies and tells him that before the sound of the crow, that you will deny me three times. Peter is in a place in his life where he wants to be that guy and not understanding that he is that guy, because before all of this happens in Matthew, he says, I say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Here here Jesus is assigning Peter his office to lead. He's assigning Peter into a place of greatness. But it was at the death. It was at this moment where Jesus is going to the cross. He's already been betrayed. He's already been before the seven courts to be judged, to be accused. And Peter denies him. Peter is broken because of what he's done. He feels the pain. He feels the agony. He understands that that Jesus was not telling a story, that he was not able to live up to what he said that he would do. How many of you have ever experienced that where you said something, but you were not able to live up to your promise? He said I would not leave you. I'm going to be there. I'm not going to I'm not going to leave your side and I'm going to be there. Have you ever been in a moment in your life where you where you gave your word to someone and you were not able to keep that word? You you had to deal with the denial. You had to deal with the pain of being someone that that was not a keeper of their word and Peter dealt with it. And in his denial He didn't run after Jesus. Peter turns around and he goes back to where Jesus first saw him. Most of us in times of denial, we go back to where we started. Peter was a fisherman. We don't see Peter going and preaching the message, he went back to fishing. He went back to his home, he went back to his place of work, he went back to his natural vocation of being a fisherman. How many times have you and I experienced the place of denial? We, we've not lived up to what we thought we were going to live up to. We've not lived up to our word. We've not lived up to the expectation of others, our family. We've we failed in some areas. Can we just be honest about it? And because of our failure, it, it, it drives us back to the original place that Jesus brought us from. He found Peter fishing and he said, I want to make you fishers of men. I want to teach you how to be fishers of men. I, I know you know how to catch fish, but now I want to teach you how to be fishers of men. Will you follow me? And Peter follows him. But sometimes our denial will cause us to think that Jesus has a grudge against us. It's really difficult to face someone that you've let down. It's really difficult to look someone in the eye that you've disappointed. It's hard enough that you feel the disappointment yourself and looking at yourself is difficult, but then to see Jesus face to face the man that I said that I would never leave the, the man that I denied three times I, I watched them persecute him I watched them lie on him I watched him become beaten and bruised and 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 I failed I did not live up to the expectation and so I'm so disappointed that I go back to where he brought me out from hmm Because you believe that there is a grudge in the atmosphere. When we think about this atmosphere of grudges, many of us are holding our own self-inflicted grudges. You have a grudge against yourself. You have a grudge against yourself. You have a grudge against yourself and because you have a self-inflicted grudge against yourself You actually believe that Jesus is actually holding the grudge against you I'm not doing what I'm able to do because I messed up, I failed I I didn't succeed at what I thought I was going to do I, I said I was going to do this and said I was going to do it like this But now you have a grudge Grudges are for those who insist That they are owed something. Forgiveness, however, is for those who are substantial enough to move on. A grudge is a spirit of inflicted power of entitlement. When you're holding a grudge, you feel entitled. You feel entitled that you are owed something. What are you owed? A pity party. What are you owed? An apology. But forgiveness, however, is for those who are substantial enough to move on. Peter was not substantial enough in his life to move forward, so he went backwards. When you live in a place where you allow the self-inflicted grudges of your mistakes and your past uh, and you feel that you're owed something, you will live out of your past. You will live out of the backwards memories of your life. But then Jesus comes along and because he's substantial enough in his life, he's able to move on. The definition of a grudge is to be willing, is to be unwilling to give or admit, give or allow reluctantly or to be resentful. The signs of harboring a grudge. We can see it through resentment. Bitterness, here's the number one thing, isolation. People who walk in self-inflicted grudges, they live and they place themselves in isolation. Peter went back and isolated himself in his own world. In in his own world, we we don't know if he was thinking that Jesus is going to come back. We, We don't know how he was feeling. We don't know. But we can look at his life that he went back to an isolated place that Jesus had brought him from. Denial will always take you back to the place that God brought you out of. If you don't deal with it the right way, you will go back to what he delivered you from. You will go back and live in what he brought you out of living from. You, you will go back and begin to spin your life out of an isolated backwards moment. Ah. The signs of harboring. But then we look at it jesus chooses to restore peter rather than remembering what he did we said that quote a grudge is something that someone feels that they are old but forgiveness however is for those who are substantial enough jesus comes and he meets the disciples for a third time And he goes back because he understands that when Peter denied him, he knew exactly where to find Peter. God always knows exactly where to find you when you are in a place of self-denial, when you are holding a self-inflicted grudge. He didn't go anywhere else. He said, I know where Peter is. He went back to where I found him. Many of us don't understand that those relationships that you've been trying to find you need to go back to where you found them in the first place Jesus goes back to the shore he approaches him and where is Peter he's on a boat fishing but he can't catch any fish He looks around and Jesus says, drop your net, my God. See, he's not holding a grudge because he understands that even though you've went back to where you are, he still wants you to prosper. He still wants you to be prosperous. He doesn't want you to be broken and all jacked up. But he says... Come now. They all come now when Peter sees him and everybody looks around and Peter sees Jesus and they sit down and they have breakfast and they break the bread. Oh, Rabban, oh, rabba. Jesus is always a reminder of what he's teaching you. He's never going to put you in a box where you have to feel as if you've got to prove yourself to him because you don't know if he loves you or not. You, you don't know if he's going to come against you you it's something when you sit at a table with people and you don't know if they're gonna bring up your past you don't know if they're gonna remind you yeah man we're sitting down here at the table everybody's having fun we're joking and don't know where you denied me man you did me wrong man and I've been waiting on you man you didn't even stay around to see if I was okay you didn't even come back to apologize I had to come to you that's an eerie feeling I could imagine how Peter was feeling is he gonna rebuke me is he gonna take my life what's gonna happen at this table we can see it in three different areas we can see it from denial to purpose jesus begins to talk to peter and he finds a way to restore Peter you've got to understand that your denial has everything to do with your purpose from denial to purpose Peter denied Jesus but Jesus understood that his purpose was greater than his denial his purpose was more important than the failure that he made his purpose was more important than him denying me three times his purpose is more important Than me. His purpose has everything to do that I will build my church upon this rock and the gates of hell will not prevail against it if Jesus does not restore Peter there is no church if Jesus does not restore Peter Peter is now lost and broken but I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is a restorer of places in your life that Jesus is more concerned about forgiving you he's a forgiving God he's a forgiving savior he forgave him but not only did he forgive him but he restores him how does he restore him he says if you love me then tend to my lambs, John 21, 15. What does he mean when he says tend to my lambs? He says, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, I love you. He says, then if you love me, then tend to my lambs. He means I'm gonna restore you to a place where I want you to care for my lambs. You gotta understand that your denial has everything to do with your purpose, that God wants to restore you to a place where you're able to care for people, what you're able to do for people, Jesus restores Peter to a place of committing himself to care for people. Although Peter dropped the ball in his servitude in the last moments of Jesus' life, Jesus knows that if Peter is going to be successful at this point in his ministry his willingness to care for the things of God and his people would be required of him. Philippians 2 4 says do not merely look out for your own personal interests but also for the interests of others. When we look at the life of Peter when he went back to fishing he was only looking out for himself he only had himself and his people in mind but Jesus comes back to says I want to restore you to a place will you tend to my lambs if you love me enough then choose to care for somebody else let your issue go let the problem go I am the solution and if you begin to care for other people I'll begin to allow the issues in your life to be repaired but I need you to tend to my lambs I need you to be in a place where you can care for people when you walk in a self-inflicted grudge you only have your self-interest for yourself you're only thinking about how can I make it you're only thinking about what can I do for myself but Jesus says I want to restore you to a place where you're able to care look at Ezekiel 34 and 12 as a shepherd cares for his herd in the day when he is among his scattered sheep so I will care for my sheep And I will deliver them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. How many people that you're connected to are scattered right now because you're not in a position to care for them? Because you're living with a self-inflicted grudge. You're still harboring the denial. You're still living out of, the, out of that bubble where you messed up 20 years ago, where you messed up last weekend. You didn't keep your word. Guess what? God is not concerned about it. He's already forgiving you. He's already understood that we all make mistakes. We all fall short of the glory of God. But your call, your purpose is important today. There are people in your life that are scattered because you're not in a position to care for them if you love me then tend to my lambs will you care for somebody else will you provide for somebody else Uh, he restores peter to caring he restores peter to caring not only does he restore him to caring but then he says if you love me because he says it three times The first time he says, tend to my lambs, meaning be there, be there for them, care for them. The second time he says, if you love me, he says, Peter, do you love me? do you love me Peter says yes I love you yes I love you he says if you love me then shepherd my sheep John 21 16 he says become their pastor and their spiritual covering oh here we go Pastor G you talking about pastoring people you talking about covering people how am I going to cover somebody and I can't even cover myself you got to understand that God is going to cover you but he needs you to cover somebody else I mess up. I jacked up. I failed. I did not please you. I've been disappointing to mama and daddy. I've been disappointing to my own self. How can I see myself in the mirror and be somebody else's pastor? How can I cover some people when I've got my own mistakes? When my own marriage has problems? When my children are acting crazy? When I was rebellious to my mama and daddy? When I turned my back on my father? When I turned my back on my daddy when I lied to him when I mistreated him and now you're gonna tell me that I've been in this place and you want me to pastor somebody. You want me to cover somebody. That's what denial does. It brings you from the past into the present. Self-infliction. A self-inflicted grudge will cause you to abort your purpose. Many of us are sitting here because of self-inflicted grudges, because of the denial, because of the pain. The misunderstanding. Many of us don't have family relationships right now because you've been labeled as the black sheep and you don't want to go around. I know how it feels because my cousins, every time they see me, man, we remember when you did this. We remember when you did this. But guess what? You're still remembering what I did. But look at what I'm doing right now. Sometimes you got to get over the fact that some people are just going to call you the black sheep. But guess what? Even the black sheep have a purpose even the black sheep contend to be the shepherd what's the shepherd Jesus restores Peter to the office of a pastor in which he would create the guidelines of spiritual formation and the guidance in their lives of the sheep Jesus knew that Peter's acceptance to shepherd the sheep would be his foundational validation and authority as a shepherd no you might not be a pastor like i am that is preaching but each and every one of us have a pastoral assignment and that is to do what shepherd the sheep that god has assigned to you your children your family your co-workers your loved ones that person that you'll meet in the grocery store connect with him that's what a shepherd is a shepherd gives spiritual formation it gives direction. Here it is. One of the greatest scriptures that you can that you can look at is, is Psalms. 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He restores my, did y'all hear it? He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. He's restoring Peter to a place of authority. Don't allow denial to mask your authority. Don't allow your denial to cause you to walk in a place where you abort your authority. Just because you messed up. Just because you messed up, it doesn't mean that you lose your authority as a husband. I'm talking to the men right now. Because, because we deal with that sometimes. We, we mess up and we fall and we lose a job and we can't provide for our families. And, and we immediately feel as if we've lost all of our authority. And because the world we live in, they really don't care about us. Ah, All of the African American men that are in jail right now, in the system right now, the penal system right now that is holding good men in place right now I'm looking and I'm looking a young man I'm reading on the other day he's on 12 years of probation how in the world are you going to live your life on 12 years of probation you can't get a ticket you can't do nothing the moment that you mess up they put you back in jail it's the loss of authority look at it don't allow your authority to be taken away because of a mistake. Don't get rid of your authority. Don't throw it away, men. Did you hear what I said? Even though you mess up and... You might not do the right things and you make the mistakes as a pastor I've made so many mistakes in raising my children I made so many mistakes with my girl and I had to deal with the fact I'm still the head of my house I'm still the priest of my house God has put me in charge and this is my job to shepherd my family to cover my family so when you do wrong just lift up your hands and begin to pray I'm talking to the woman right now get up under that man and lift him up and put him back in his place. Don't allow him to walk away from his door of authority. The nation now is emasculating men, demasculating men right now. Don't, don't, don't pity party these boys. Raise them. Be tough on them. Be hard on them. If you're a single mother and you got a good father, let the father raise his son and get out of the way. Let him raise his children. This, this is not, I need y'all to hear me because y'all, y'all know I don't take sides. But, but God is leading me this way because guess what? We, we've got so many broken good men. I'm not talking about good men that pay child support. And the system is taking all of their money. They're going down their pan, and they're doing everything that they can. And the system says that you can't be a good father. Let the man be a good daddy to his children. It's not your job to remind that man of how he treated you. Restore him back to his place of authority and let God deal with him. If we can restore the man, we'll restore family. Did y'all hear me? If I can restore the men in this house back to your place of authority, Don't nobody need you talking about. You ain't man enough. Shut your mouth and restore him because you don't know what it feels like to see your ego being broken because you failed your family, because you messed up, because you got a felony, because you don't have all of the money and you're walking into pressure saying, we ain't got this, we ain't got this. Be satisfied with what you got i don't know what's happening right now i need y'all to pray with me come on baby stay with me my wife knows me i am not abusive in relationships right now come on lay your hand on me but i need my men to look at me right now don't you give up your authority don't you give up your authority don't you give up your authority don't you give it up don't you give it up i don't care what you went through you're still a man called with purpose and god has some valuable things in your life you hear me don't bash the men if he's a good man leave him alone leave him alone we don't we don't know how to talk about the intimate things that you want us to talk about we don't know how to do it because we were not created that way we were created and because Adam sinned we've lived out of sin Of working three and four jobs and killing ourselves to make sure that people don't talk about us. Our fathers taught us not to cry. Our fathers taught us to love hard and not be soft. Our fathers taught us not to hug on our children. They they said you got to be strong. Are y'all hearing me right now? They taught us that. They taught us how to hate. They taught us how not to love. They taught us how to smack her in her face when she get out of line. They taught us how to commit adultery when it ain't working right. They taught us how to drink it away. They taught us how to look at pornography. Y'all gotta understand, I'm talking to my fellows here, man up today. Come on, y'all walk with me. I ain't perfect. I ain't got it all together, but I understand that there are moments when I look at this girl and I say, Man, I ain't got everything that I thought I was gonna have. But don't throw away your authority and your covering for a one night stand. You create another storm. Did y'all hear me? When you got a good man, keep him, see him through. Fight for him. Even Jay-Z got problems and he got billions of dollars. LeBron James got problems. He got millions of dollars. Money ain't going to fix your problems. Money going to make your problems worse. Because money hides your problems. Money will mask your problems. He says, will you pastor? Pastor. Peter was broken. But then he says, do you love me a third time? And Peter becomes angry. You asked me one time, do I love you? I said, yes. You asked me two times, do I love you? Yes. Why do you keep asking me if I love you? You know that I love you. Well, then if you love me, then tend to my sheep. If you say you love me, Peter, then why are you out here fishing on a boat that you still can't catch any fish why did you come back to the place where there is no life I taught you to be a fisher of men if you say that you love me then care for them if you say that you love me then pastor them and cover them but if you really say that you love me then tend to my sheep I need you to feed them You know how difficult it is to feed sheep that don't want to be fed? To feed sheep that won't follow you? To feed sheep that won't stay in line? To feed sheep that don't want to mature? To feed sheep that's going to reject you? But he says, if you love me, then feed my sheep. Feed them by providing a place where they can grow and mature in the things of God. Jesus restores Peter's ability to feed and nurture the sheep just as Jesus did for he and the disciples. Jesus wanted to ensure that Peter would have a certain level of compassion towards the spiritual appetite of the sheep. Matthew 25 and 35 says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. From denial to purpose. I say that you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overpower it. Did you hear me? He's going to build his church off of your name. Off of your name. Off of your name and off of your name. And the gates of hell will not be able to overpower it. What does that mean? In the places of difficulty, the enemy will not be able to overtake you. He restores Peter back to a place where he wants to do you and I that way today. How many of you are still living with an issue in your life and you feel as if there's a grudge against you because of what you did? Come on, lift your hands. I want you to be honest today. You're still living with that self-inflicted issue in your life. Come on, I want you to just stand on your feet right now. But as you stand, I want you to stand understanding that you cannot live under the power of your own self-inflicted grudge. Peter inflicted this own Grudge against himself thinking that when he saw Jesus again Jesus is going to remind him of what he did and Jesus said I'm better than that I'm substantial enough to move on real forgiveness says I know you did me wrong but I'm going to move forward real forgiveness comes back and does what you did to it He denied him three times. Jesus challenged him three times. See, sometimes in the the places of, 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 of doing someone wrong, you need to challenge them to do right. Don't challenge them by causing them to remember the failure. You already know you failed. I always tell my wife, you don't have to tell me I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong tell me how to be right because sometimes hearing somebody say that you're wrong so many times it just pushes you deeper 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 and that's what the enemy does you're wrong you messed up you didn't do this right man you ain't been going to church in three months man how are you even gonna walk up in there and god gonna bless you You ain't paid to tithe in two years and, and God going to redeem you. Man, please. He's that type of God. All you got to do is give him one chance. All you got to do is just allow him to restore you. Allow him to restore you and allow him to bring you from that empty boat. Allow him to bring you from out of the boat on the shore and make you a follower of him. You've already apologized. You've already accepted your wrong. Now, if you love me, care for my sheep. If you love me, shepherd my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. Who are you feeding? Who are you covering? And who are you responsible for caring for? From denial to purpose. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, just say it. From denial to purpose. Come on, say it again. To purpose. Come on. Come on, just keep saying it again. Just keep saying it till it becomes real in your life.